0: Welcome back to another edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast. I am WTOC Sports Director, Lindsey Goff. Recording this from Harbortown Golf Links, I'm joined by Tim Guidera. Tim, it's an exciting week here in the Lowcountry.
1: Yeah, it always is. It comes at a great time of year. People are so into golf right now because we're coming off of a great week in Augusta, and this kind of really signals the beginning of golf season here in our area, and it's, it's a very well-attended event, and there's just people interested in it all over the place.
0: Before we move into the RBC Heritage fully, and we're going to touch on this a little more later in the podcast with some of the guys from our sister station, WRDW, up in Augusta, but I want to get your thoughts on the Masters. Uh, I'm sure you were at home watching. Um, <laughs> what, was your, what was your impression of the Masters this weekend?
1: Uh, yeah, I told Syria on our morning break show Monday, it's the first – weekend in about a year and a half that I did zero work. I sat in front of the TV for 30 hours this weekend watching <laughs> highlights and, the, the, of course, the CBS coverage. And then I'd go over to the Golf Channel and watch uh, the the live from shows two or three times on the on the repeat. So uh, I put my time in on the Masters and loved every minute of it. I mean, we're um, used to being there. It's uh, It was killing me not to be there. This is the second year in a row that uh, we were kind of credential limited because of the, the COVID situation, but uh would have been my 30th master's covering. But uh the course looked fantastic uh with so few people there, so few structures on it. Uh you were able to see vistas that you just haven't seen before. You were able to see multiple holes in a single shot. Uh, you were able to see more of the course. Uh, and then the play really kind of lived up to it. Friday was spectacular. I mean Thursday was so difficult that it was fun to watch from a perspective of, of, of seeing the players kind of really challenge themselves. But then Friday when the conditions softened a little bit, it really became quite a shootout and so many under par scores. And that was a lot of fun. And the weekend always is great at Augusta. And, It looked like for a minute there that we were not going to have to wait out the final nine holes, (laughs) and uh, Hideki Matsuyama made it interesting on 15 when he hit it over the green and into the water, and uh, it came right down to the end, as it always does, and it was just another great Masters tournament.
0: You mentioned that would have been your 30th. The last two would have been my first and second, so I'm still waiting to make my uh, voyage to Augusta National, but... Uh, it was definitely a fun one to watch, and um, if you caught our around the green specials, you saw that while they didn't have, you know, the normal number of patrons there, they did allow health care workers from the Augusta area uh, in, so if you're going to limit the number of spectators there, uh, who better to invite? Uh, nobody, I don't think, is more deserving than them this year, so I was really glad that that was part of it.
1: Yeah, that was really cool that they did that and didn't really publicize it before the week. I mean, obviously they knew they were going to do that. A, a lot of other events and a lot of other clubs would have been getting that information out months ago. I uh, national just doesn't do things that way. Uh, they, they made the gesture and people found out about it and reported on it, but they certainly did not go looking for attention. Uh, they just wanted to do the right thing. And, and I think they did with that. I mean, you're, you're right. Who else? especially at this time, do you want to say thank you to more than healthcare care workers?
0: One guy that played two really great first rounds at Augusta National was Savannah native Brian Harmon, and he's a guy that we're going to see again this week at Harbortown. Um, how excited are you to see his play at a course that he's played a lot of times and you would think that he's pretty comfortable with?
1: You know, I, I, really wasn't surprised that brian played so well this is the first time this was his third masters but the first time that he played his way into the event in top form because he finished very well at the players championship in third place the players he made the semifinals in the world golf championship match play so he his last two events were his best events in a year so you knew he was going there hot and it's a course that he has played a lot in college it's a course that he Played with some members over the years, and really any one of these players when they're on form can play any golf course. You know, we we hear about how Dustin Johnson should win every week. There's a lot of guys who, if they play well, they should contend every week. And Brian is one of those players. When he gets on a roll like he is now, he can contend anywhere, and he can certainly can contend at Harbertown where he has before. He's been on the leaderboard on the weekend. Uh, He's never gotten close to winning there, but you know, if he was playing well last week, he's playing well again this week. So he's again on form and coming to Harbertown, probably in better shape than he ever has before.
0: Looking ahead to this week in Harbertown, uh, we've got a ton of big names in golf, and then some other names that made splashes uh, recently. You know, you've got Brian Harmon, you got Will Zalatoris out here, who was runner-up at the Masters. Um, I saw him out. On the course today, um, I mean, I mean, what are you? What are some of the storylines? I guess you're following this week. Who are some of the names that you maybe expect to be atop the leaderboard? I know Dustin Johnson didn't make the cut at the Masters, but this is a course that he likes uh, here at Harbortown. Who are some of the guys that you're looking out for uh, this weekend to be a threat? Uh,
1: well, you certainly mentioned some of them. There's every year with the, the Masters. The Heritage being the week after the Masters every year. There's somebody who kind of broke onto the scene there and was kind of the almost guy at Augusta. Sometimes it ended in heartbreak. Sometimes it was just a very motivating story, the way Zalatouris' was. And they come to Town, and you expect, okay, here we go again. They're going to do great. And I'll tell you what, they are so drained from the week before. You know, I, I hope Will Zalatoris plays well again this week. I wouldn't expect him to. He, he, played, he had so much on him last week that, you know, if he crashes sometime in the next two days or, you know, first two rounds, that wouldn't be surprising at all. Uh, Dustin Johnson, he's a guy who, he just seems to kind of turn it on every once in a while. I mean, he did not play well last week. As you said, he missed the cut. But he had shot eighty consecutive 80s in a tournament earlier this year and then won the next two events. So he's somebody who can pop up all the time. I really wanted to watch Bryson DeChambeau with his new approach play Harbortown. Because everybody thinks that Harbortown would not be a course that that suits Bryson because he hits it so far. He also leads the tour in strokes gained tee to green. So he obviously hits the ball well all the way on the golf course. He hits his irons very well. And he would have been hitting a lot of irons off tees. So there would have been a different strategy there. But I'm also interested to see maybe some of our South Carolina players. Uh, You know, Kevin Kisner uh, was talking about this is his home state event. It's the one that he really wants to win the most outside of a major, you know, so maybe you'd like, maybe like a William McGirt can jumpstart his career and, and come to, to, again, his home state event and do well. Uh, there's, there's always, you know, the 156 guys at a PGA tour events There's 156 stories at a PGA tour event. And of course we've got a local here who everybody would love to see play well as too.
0: Absolutely. Um, I heard him call, you know, because we have three PGA Tour events happening in South Carolina this summer, uh, this being the first, and I heard him at the opening ceremony call this the triple crown of golf uh, here in South Carolina, me being a Kentucky, and that would make this the Kentucky Derby, so I appreciated that reference. Uh, So I guess if Kistner were to win, uh, because he mentioned that he's going to play all three, if he were to win, that would make him a triple crown winner, <laughs> kind of <laughs> like a racehorse. Um, that would be, that would be really special. I think for him to win here at Harbor that's something that I would like to watch. And I was listening to his press conference and he was saying how excited he was to have the fans back, uh, this year and hoping to see some of those familiar faces of people that he knows just back out on the course. He said last year, it was almost loud quiet was the way he described it. Um, playing play his rounds when there were no, no spectators out on the course, just kind of people that had, like, rented homes or were staying in their houses, and that was really it.
1: Yeah, all those South Carolina locals, you see them walking down the, the fairways and waving to people on the sides of the hole. So they, they all have family. They all have friends here. It becomes kind of a, a big weekend for the, the groups around them. Sometimes it puts a little pressure on the player. Uh, you know, it's hard to play in front of uh, your hometown folks, but I think they still get a little bit of energy out of that. And there'd be nothing more special than to win here. Of course, um, just a couple years ago, we had the first South Carolina uh, player win. Uh, Brian, I'm liking on his first name all of a sudden, but, um, but it was very special to him. And, and you could tell that as it got closer to happening there was even more pressure on him than to win his first PGA tour event. Wesley Bryan, I'm sorry, is who it was. And it was almost as if the pressure of winning in South Carolina was greater than winning on the PGA tour. Uh, so uh, it, it ended up uh, being both for him. And he's back in the field this week. And uh, you know, he, would, he would love to have company as South Carolina Heritage Champions.
0: Sam, you've covered a lot more of these tournaments than I have, and I've been to two. I've been to one that was at full capacity and one that was at no capacity. Um, Obviously a very stark difference there, but something that people have always talked about in all the stories that I've done uh, for my two Heritage tournaments is how much they love the fans and the crowds and just how, like, beloved this tournament is to the people that live here in the area. So what are you expecting? Because they said that the crowd will be 20% 20% of what it would be in like a non-pandemic situation. So, I mean, are we expecting the same kind of energy? Because I assume people would be excited to be back, even though it's not going to be full capacity. What are your expectations, I guess, for this week and this weekend? I
1: think it will be similar because uh, there's going to be about 5,000 people a day there. But they're not going to be sitting in grandstands. They're not going to be sitting in sponsor tents because – those aren't on the golf course this year. There's a one little sponsor area up what they call the heritage green next to the uh, adjacent to the 18th tee, but none of those other structures are there. So the 5,000 people that are on the golf course are going to be on the golf course. They're going to be following golfers. They're going to be cheering for good shots. So I think there is going to be probably similar energy that we see. Now we won't have the 20,000 people around the 18th hole for the winner on Sunday, but we'll still have all those horns blowing out in the calabogie sound from the boats. (laughs) So those, those folks are not limited. They can be there. So I I think there'll be plenty of energy and people are going to be so excited just to be able to get back there that I think that will build it as well.
0: Uh, Tim, I I think one thing that is a big talker this week also is the guy that's not even on the PGA tour uh but a bluffton native a clemson alum bryson nemer he's got the sponsors exemption um I, I think he's gonna have a pretty big following around the course uh people seem to really really like him <laughs> he's a likable guy um had the longest press conference out of any of the guys that spoke today um what do you what do you think it means for him to be a part of this event this year and what I guess, what kind of expectations are placed on him being a local and competing in this event? Uh,
1: expectations, uh, there shouldn't be too many. I mean, you know, he's trying to make his way in the professional game. So it's, it's, it's hard to say he should go out and play well. You hope he does. And there's going to be a lot of people there rooting for him to do that. But my hope and expectation expectation for him this week is that he enjoys the week. Uh, you know, this is a very special event to him. You know, that it's something that If he didn't grow up going to every year, he was very aware of. And it was kind of the measure of professional golf to him. It was his hometown event. So getting the opportunity to play in it is is probably the best thing that's happened to him so far at post-college. You know, he had a great run in the U.S. Amateur a couple of years ago. That was pretty spectacular. But, you know, now if he's going to try to play professionally, this is going to give him an idea of what he has to do and how good he has to play every day not just on his good days. And that's really what separates PGA tour players from, from everybody else is the consistency. So I I hope he gets as much benefit from this week as he can. I hope he enjoys as much as he can. If he plays well, that's a bonus.
0: Uh, Last year, he was on the bag for his friend, Spencer Ralston who had won his way into it. Uh, Here's a little bit of Bryson's press conference from Tuesday. Share some
2: thoughts on how special it is to be here playing this week. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm I'm really excited to be down here. Uh, it's a little different when you're inside the ropes than uh, what I was used to, kind of following along and working the range and driving people around and everything. But uh, it's really special, and I'm just glad to be able to do it this week and represent the low country. You had kind
0: of alluded to it uh, right after you got the sponsor's exemption that maybe it was a blessing in disguise you didn't get to play last year because there were no you just talked about it. You're going to have a lot of people out here supporting you. Just going into the week, could you talk about how fortunate you feel uh, that you will have that support out on the course with you?
2: I'm, I think it's just, it's hard not to like that. I think just anytime you have people out there that are pulling for you and want to see good things happen, I mean, I think it helps. I think somehow, some way, it just makes things go well, and... It's just going to be awesome. And like I said last year, I mean, it would have been really, really cool to play last year. I mean, it was awesome to get to caddy and just see it. But I even think just the experience caddying last year and then now getting to be on the other side of the bag and playing, uh, that even helped. So everything works for a reason. And I'm um, just thankful it worked out the way that it did. I know you
0: said you have played this course so many times. But it, and not even just the course being in great shape, but being out here. You all the signage, all the
2: RBC Heritage and PGA Tour stuff. Did it feel different? For sure, it it felt way different. I mean, you see the grandstands and you see people out there. Even the you know there were a few people out there just watching and walking around today. But you get that tour feel and that you know that real like surroundings and everything, and it it's different and it's it's a cool different though. It's it's what you like and that's why we play. That's why we want to be out here.
0: You mentioned, I think, in a previous interview, that this is something you dreamed about as a kid, playing in this specific event. So, how much, obviously, you've got to focus going into it, but how much are you trying to focus, but also, you know, take those mental snapshots and really soak it in and take in these memories as well.
2: I think it's both. I think, you know, every every hole, I'm trying to just remember it at the same time. Um, I'm going to be really focused this week, and I'm going to be obviously trying to play my best golf and try to kind of, you know, peak this week and have the best week I can have. But uh, yeah, I've, you know, I've already had a couple of memories just being here, and you know, some of the experiences in the last couple of days, and hopefully, there's a lot of really, really good ones coming towards the end of this week.
0: And that was Bryson Nimmer, who has the sponsor's exemption into this year's field. Tim. What are you most looking forward to for this year's tournament? You know,
1: I, I think we're going to have a good event. We've got a great field. Um, there was six out of top ten in the World Golf Rankings there until DeChambeau withdrew. Uh, there's a great international field again, as, as we often get at the Heritage. So a lot of big names. I think what happened last year when it was the only the second event back, so many players played it, that it cost some guys' attention. You know, Sergio Garcia is back uh, for the first time in – a a long time before last year. Uh, Shane Lowry is somebody who has kind of rediscovered the heritage. So it's kind of starting to build again on its reputation. We get some big names up on the leaderboard. We get some great play. I don't think we're going to get 22 under par like we did last year at Webb Simpson because the conditions will be different in the spring. But uh, really, as long as we have a, a good tournament and, and – uh, fans enjoy themselves. It's going to be a good week.
0: Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot, Tim. Who would, who do you think could win the RBC heritage in
1: 2021? Now Jake (laughs) and I did this last year and I picked Webb Simpson to win. Did you? Yes. Yes. I'm uh, a terrible picker, so... Oh, so am I. So am I. I'm, I'm in terrible. the fantasy golf league, and I'm in about 50th place out of 60. So it's... Uh, I want it's, to say
0: Dustin Johnson. That's who my guts. Right.
1: Okay. Um, you, The thing with Dustin is you just never know when he's going to turn it on. I mean, you know, you, never you, you know. can't pick against him. But, you know, is he ready to start playing well again? Um, I have
0: no idea, you know, but that's who I'm picking.
1: <laughs> all right. I'm going to go complete wild card here and he's played well the last couple of weeks south carolina guy lucas glover
0: okay i like it all right tim thank you for your time uh we're going to be out at harbortown all week obviously uh so make sure you're tuned in to wtoc on air and online we've got all of our coverage tim thank you for hopping on the podcast with me all right we'll
1: see you out there tomorrow
0: see you have a good night We're joined on the WTOC Sports Podcast by WRDW's weekend sports anchor, uh, Nick Proto, which is our sister station up in Augusta. So he was covering the Masters this weekend, and I was stealing all of his content. So for those of you that don't know Inside Baseball of local television, specifically local sports, uh, Nick and I talk often because we share content, but I think this is the first time we've actually, like, spoke to each other. (laughs)
3: <laughs> it's true. It's true.
0: So I harass him via text message, and uh, that's pretty much how it goes. So how was the Masters, Nick? Have you recovered?
3: No, no, have not recovered <laughs> yet. Um, it's funny, my my boss offered to give me the day off. So Mike, our sports director, took yes. the week off this week, um, and I was offered the day off, and I was like, well, we won't have any sports on Monday. So I was like, I'll work anyway. Uh, wow. That was he a mistake.
0: Played- for you
3: yeah that that was a mistake though uh could (laughs) have used the could have used the day to sleep but um so yeah I'm in the I'm in the middle of a long stretch of work but it was amazing well worth working the masters again Um, was that your first masters that was my second so my first one was the one in November so the, the craziest masters ever was my first masters
0: see those were supposed to be my first and second and then Of course, COVID happened, and we've had company-wide travel restrictions and all this good stuff, so I have yet to experience Augusta National. But hopefully next year I'll be there with you guys.
2: So I want to talk
0: to you a little bit about the differences between the two. Um, Specifically, and I know it wasn't to its full capacity, but just having patrons back, um, how much of a difference did that make?
3: It was a huge difference. So back in November, it was nobody, I mean, members and media, and that was about it. And so it was um, it was kind of cool for us because we had basically a, a private session at the course. I mean, uh, the ropes were all down, so we kinda, we were able to, you know, we still have to walk along the, the dotted lines and make sure we don't step out of line, but it just felt like, we were members on the course. So that was really interesting, but it was like, I didn't realize how much the patrons were going to have an impact until this year when they were there and just hearing the roars, even though they were a little bit quieter, they're more like growls, you know, but just hearing those roars and uh, being able to talk to the patrons, some of them have been coming there for 30, 40 years. They've been bringing their kids and the stories that they have, really all add to it because a lot of the people who are there, a lot of the patrons who go, they have an understanding of the the significance of the course and the significance of the tournament and just how much of a privilege it is to be there. And so getting to meet a lot of them and hear a lot of their stories added a lot more to it than just claps on the golf course.
0: How, I guess, significant was it surprising was it for you guys uh what was the chatter like around the course when Dustin Johnson doesn't make the cut it was
3: it was shocking because I wasn't actually on the course when it happened we were because it was at like I don't know five o'clock we're all getting ready for the show and I think he had he had birdied 16 or parred 16 and he was right on the cut line he was at three over with two holes to play and we're like oh it's it's Dustin Johnson. And, you know, he's the world number one. He's the defending champion. Like, yeah, he's going to make the cut. It's going to be close, but he's going to make the cut. And then when he bogeyed 17, we were kind of like, wait a second. Like he might not make the cut. And he wasn't in the featured group that day. So we didn't have him on like the actual big screen, but there are feeds in our media room for every hole on the second nine. And so we had our 18 feed up. And you can't see the tee box, but you can see them walking down the first fairway. And he walks down and he goes right over to the bunker. And we were like, oh my gosh, like he's got to get this on the green and then knock in what is probably going to be a pretty tough putt to make the weekend. And so we all kind of stopped in the, in the room for a second. We were just like, let's just, let's just watch this. And he gets out of the bunker and it looked like a pretty good ball. And then it landed short of the green side bunker. And we were like, wow, like, we expected this year to be different, right? Because no masters is ever the same and this is another one in the pandemic and we started to get some patrons back. I didn't expect it to be that different. No Dustin Johnson, no Rory, no Tepka, none of them make the weekend. Uh DeShambeau struggled. I mean, uh, the 24-year-old takes home second place. You know, so it's like all of that was kind of like, yeah, this is this is Augusta National. Like, anything can really happen here
0: got ahead of myself. You were talking about the patrons, and I wanted to touch on some special patrons. And I don't know if you got – I saw some of the stories you guys did. Um, The healthcare heroes that were invited, and I know the number of patrons was limited, but if you're going to invite anybody this year, I I think they deserve to be there. Um, And I saw the stories some of your colleagues did, and they were really special. And I saw that they had the special lanyards, uh, so you could Mm -hmm. kind of identify them around the course – what what was that like, and how special was that? Just seeing them around, and uh, from the video I saw, they were all so excited to be there. Yeah. I saw one interview where a woman was like, "You know, I'm I'm fifty something. I live in Augusta. This is my first time mm-hmm. at Augusta National," and that was just really really cool.
3: It was, and and that was almost kind of a surprise because we had heard that that was going to happen, and we had. I guess we had met one of them or or I, I was somebody within our group had talked to a healthcare hero um, who was going to be there, but they had said they weren't going to be allowed to interview with us. And so we were like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. Like, you know, this is a cool thing they're doing. And, you know, we'll be able to say that they're here, but we just won't have that story. But then when we got there, I want to say it was, I want to say it was maybe Thursday and we got there Monday. So Wednesday or Thursday, we actually ran into a couple with the lanyards and they were like, Oh, can we interview with you? And we were like, I don't know. Can you? So they, they made it seem like it was all right. And so we had talked with them and then, um, you know, we've been working in pretty close contact with the hospitals through the pandemic, of course. And so they kind of gave us the heads up, like, yeah, on, I think it was uh, it was Friday or Saturday. As they checked in, as they came through the gate, all the, the workers there gave him a round of applause. I, that was probably the video you were referring to. And so it was uh, a great moment that we didn't even think we were going to get to have, but we were so happy that we were actually able to share that because that was one of the cooler parts of the tournament, seeing them walk around with their healthcare hero to or their lanyards on. And a lot of them didn't know the first thing about golf, but they were just so excited to be there and so excited to be recognized deservedly. So for all the hard work that they've done. And we talked with one uh, one group of women and the one did not want to interview with us. Like, That's fine. You know, one of them did, so we're like, we'll talk to you. And we had asked, you know, what do you do at the hospital? And she was like, Oh, given her specific job. And the one who didn't want to interview came up and she was like, we saved lives. And it was like, yeah, like you absolutely do and you absolutely deserve to be here. And this is really cool that Augusta National recognized that and brought them in to recognize them too. So that was that was awesome.
0: Were the players aware? Like did you ever see any players like come up and I don't know. I don't
3: noticed, know if the players were Maybe aware. you know, I, I don't know. They I were probably know. keeping
0: distance. So yeah. yeah. Um, next question. Our Savannah guy Brian Harmon played a great first two rounds. Uh, not, not so great on the weekend, but uh, that was still his career best at the Masters, his third time there, um, guaranteed him into the field next year. Uh, what were your takeaways, I guess, from uh, his play at the Masters? Did you get to catch him at all? Surpri- um,
3: it's surprising. Like, I, <laughs> I I know golf pretty well. You know, I can – enough to get around Augusta National and, and yeah, right. have a conversation about it. Brian Harmon hasn't been on my on my personal radar too much, you know, I I hadn't didn't know much about him knew he went to Georgia, Um, (laughs) but seeing him towards the top of the leaderboard was a surprise. Um, I didn't get out there a whole lot on the on tournament days. Um, We, you know, we spent a lot of time at the practice range and then editing. Um, yeah, so this is the side that the people course.
0: don't see. We're yeah, we're not always can, there on the no, most exactly. exciting puts and the most exactly. exciting holes. We're editing and doing the not
3: cool. I, stuff. I didn't get out to the course until Saturday. Okay, um, that's it's not a bad day to be there. <laughs> no, not at all. But the, so, and this is not answering your question, but on a little tangent. So our schedules were just. You want to talk about the business side of things? Right. They <laughs> open the press building at six in the morning every day. And so I was there at six in the morning every day. Good for you. Um, morning person. Had my had my breakfast and then I would go out to the practice range and shoot all the video that uh, we were gonna I would later for. put
0: in my shows, yes. Exactly,
3: exactly. So all the <laughs> all the player video trying to get everybody we could just in case. You know just in case Larry just in the case makes they do Friday something charge yeah right. just in case Brian Harmon comes out of nowhere and golf you know, tournaments
0: a, are literal paranoia exactly. you're just running around like well what if they do something
3: exactly did Gross. I get enough video of so-and-so yeah. I, can I use the same video that I got on Thursday, Thursday. Oh, sorry. go out go out at about seven and get all my video um, come back by that time the reporter I was working with would be in so then she and I would kind of collaborate what we needed to go get We'd go back out to the practice range, get some interviews, shoot our look lives, come back and start editing everything. And then on tournament days, I was also in charge of the leaderboards. So we had, um, you know, we have a four o'clock, four thirty, five o'clock, five thirty, six o'clock, seven o'clock, and so all the leaderboards needed to be updated every half hour. So I was just kind of sitting there for about two and a half hours with my computer in front of me. You're a leader boy. That's you exactly. I had the computer in front of me. I had another one to my to my left here. And I was just updating leaderboards. And, of course, you know, it goes live at 6.01, and at 6 o'clock and 30 seconds, somebody bogeys or somebody birdies and everything's got to get switched up. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's amazing to be out there, and I love it every second of it, but it is a lot of work, too. So, um,
0: okay, Harmon had, had a great two rounds. Not, not the best weekend. Um, yeah. oh, Torres. I don't no, think he was on anybody's radar no. really either. Um, he's here at the Heritage this week. They both are. They're both here this weekend. Um, how fun was he to watch?
3: He was awesome because it's funny, too. You you go in, you look, and you see these guys, and you don't really realize just how big golfers are until you see them in person. Right. I mean, everybody knows DeShambeau is a mountain of a man, but – Brooks Kepka is built like a linebacker, Rory McElroy, Dustin job. These guys are just massive. And here comes this 24 year old kid who's 140 pounds soaking wet in <laughs> second place at the Masters. And so we had followed him along. Um, and one of our reporters, our other crew that was there, um, they actually interviewed his mom or dad or both. They interviewed one of his parents and, um, it was just kind of, he was kind of a, the fun story of the weekend. The first, I didn't know who he was. And so didn't either, the first honestly. time I saw some video of him, I was trying to figure out, I was like, is he uh is he like a guest? He doesn't look like a golfer, you know, is he a coach? Is he somebody's brother, somebody's friend, somebody, Like I had no idea. I was idea. like, is he a
0: sponsor's exemption?
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he picked up a putter and I was like, Oh, this, this guy's a player. And, um, and then he just went out there and, I think it was one of those things where it was like there are some times in sports where you almost don't know you're not supposed to be there. You know what I mean? Like I, I think about the great underdog story. It's like we're, not that they're too stupid to realize, but it's like, you know, we, we don't know we're not supposed to be here. We just know we're supposed to go out and play golf today. And right. I, I almost feel like that's what happened with him at the, at the tournament because even on Sunday, we were all like he's 24. He's not, you know, he's collapsing on Sunday. And he hung right with it until the very end. And, I mean, he's going to take home a million dollars for playing some golf, and that's every 24-year-old's dream.
0: Can't relate. Um, so <laughs> yeah. you covered – you were out there for the Augusta National Women's Amateur as well, correct?
3: So I caught the last uh, – I caught the practice round and the final round.
0: So to have two Japanese golfers win these events – especially in light of everything that's happened with Asian Americans recently and kind of the violence that they've gone through, did it sink in or was it, was it felt out there, how significant this was for the Asian community?
3: Yeah, I think it was cool to see as well, because I think one thing Chairman Ridley has, has made an effort to do is expand the game and make it inclusive for all. You look at what the national did last year with, um, They're going to fully fund a women's golf team at Payne College, which is a HBCU here in Augusta. Mm -hmm. And to see two Japanese players win their respective tournaments in a year where they're ramping up the inclusion and diversity in the game of golf, especially at Augusta National and in a year where, like you said, what we've seen in the Asian American community, it was special. And it was a cool moment to be out there and seeing Matsuyama's caddy turn around after putting the flagstick in and bow to the chorus. It was like, you could see how much this meant for them too. And so that was a moment that everybody was just kind of like, this is, this is awesome. Our news director um, is actually partially part Japanese. Okay. And so we were, you know, we were all psyched for Matsuyama. We were all learning a little bit of Japanese uh, to, to be able to shout to him when he won. But it was a, it was a cool moment to see them That's awesome.
0: Win. Yeah, I saw, and it's 18 almost looked a little bit normal. I saw a shot that CBS had from above on 18, and everyone stood up and was cheering. And mm-hmm. yeah, for a moment, it looked normal, you know, yeah. the, the way it was angled and it seemed really full. It was, it was a really, really cool, special moment. Yeah. Um, and it made me excited for them and all the kids, I guess, that are watching them back home. My last question for you, maybe the most important, how many pimento cheese sandwiches did you eat?
3: Uh zero. What? So, so I know. I know. Nick. The pimento cheese is not my favorite. And it's not the and this is this is not a knock at Augusta National. Yeah, this is just pimento cheese in general. I'm so not disappointed. My favorite. For those that don't I, know, I know
0: specifically purchased me a pimento cheese t-shirt. It is it's on the way, and I love pimento cheese, so I'm really disappointed in you.
3: I know, I know. and I I even told myself because last year I was so like, you just don't like one.
0: any pimento cheese.
3: Yeah, it's just pimento cheese in general it doesn't do it. for me. Oh. So last year I was like I'm gonna have one, just to say I had a pimento Tried cheese in Augusta, and I did try it, and I was like it's fine, it's just not you know they just mess you. They just have so many good, in my opinion, better. So what things, did you things, eat? Man, I, the barbecue sandwich, the pulled pork sandwich okay. is that's my fair. favorite thing over there. And, you know, we, they have a, um, a lounge for in the press building. And so we were able to, to get food from there too. But yeah, they have just have so many sandwiches that I was like, I, I can go without the pimento cheese. Okay. that's but fair. I, I will say our chief photographer had enough for all of us. So he, right he, on. uh, Soldry. he ate them, like candy. Yeah.
0: That would be me. That would be me. What was your favorite moment from this year's Masters?
3: From this year?
0: It doesn't have to be significant, you know, something you thought. Yeah,
3: I'm trying to – one of the – I think one of, like, the – okay, so my favorite moment – and, you know what, this is probably going to be so much less cool to people who are listening to this (laughs) who are not in, like, the media world. It's okay. So – We're pulling the curtain back. Right. So last year – You know, we, when you're out there, you have the pleasure of meeting a number of people that you wouldn't meet in everyday life. So, you know, we saw Peyton Manning out there, Jerry Rice, Justin Timberlake. We saw a lot of people out there. Um, And last year, a couple of my uh, colleagues saw Scott Van Pelt and talked to Scott Van Pelt for a little bit. And I had like just missed him. And they rubbed it in all week that they got to meet Scott Van Pelt. I didn't get to meet Scott Van Pelt. And so we were out on the course one day, and as I was coming back, it was the end of the day, as we were coming back to the press building, Scott Van Pelt was walking out. And so we were like, oh, hey, like, SVP. And he stopped and talked to us for about five minutes, and just the nicest guy I think you'll, I've ever met. Just so, like, t- took time out of his day to talk to a couple 23-year-old local reporters who just happened to be big fans of his growing up. And so he chatted with us, you know, nothing more than five minutes, but his genuineness, genuinity, whatever it's called, I don't know, (laughs) him being so genuine and and kind and just um, willing to talk to us, he's not putting on an act on television. Like that is just Scott Van Pelt being a cool guy. And we had a similar interaction with Mike Tirico on Sunday. Saw him in the press building. He said, oh, hey, how you doing? And he acted like we were long lost friends. So it was really cool to see the personalities behind the scenes of those massive ESPN and NBC personalities that you see every day on television.
0: Well, I don't want to like hype you up, but the guest on our podcast, the previous episode was ESPN's anchor, Michael Eaves from, I guess. Oh, and we,
3: we did see him out so, there, too. And as a Kentucky fan, or as a Kentucky alumni, yeah,
0: yeah, fellow Kentucky alumni—that's the—that's the connection there. Um, yeah,
3: we. So one of our guys that was out there, Brady Trappnell, he's a Kentucky yes, guy too. Yes, yes, no cats. Met, and so we met Michael Eaves, and and Brady was talking to him for a little bit too.
0: Yes, Michael and I are from like the same area of Kentucky too. Like we got the same area code. It runs deep. But uh, my last question for you, any thoughts on the RBC heritage this week? I know this is not your area of expertise, but as a golf fan, any thoughts that you would like to share?
3: Bryson pulling out was a bit of a surprise.
0: I don't know. I was kind of like, oh, okay, Bryson, It, I, bye. it,
3: <laughs> it was it, – I mean, it was and it wasn't. Yeah. He, he had a tough weekend, you know, and after Friday
0: – But so did Dustin Johnson, and he's here.
3: True, true. But after after Friday – um it looked like bryson might actually break his streak of poor starts at i don't even want to say poor disappointing starts at augusta yeah um and then the weekend i was i saw him on sunday and he, he had just teed off on three i think and it was not a great tee shot and he came down just cursing up a storm and it was like i wasn't used to seeing that side of bryson so I think maybe he just needed a, like a week to kind of relax, recover and be good. But if I had to make any pick, you know, I think I think you know, I like Webb Simpson to repeat. I do. I like Webb Simpson. Okay. I also, picked,
0: I picked DJ earlier in the podcast. I don't know why, you know. See, that's, South like, Carolina was, guy like
3: I like to switch it up though do? because like you know, everybody like everybody picked DJ or Justin Thomas I know, for the Masters, I know, you know? I know. And I was like, well, you know what? You know where I got me? I picked Brooks Kepka. <laughs> I didn't even make it to the weekend. So well, you know, it happens. So this year, you know, Kentucky alumna, alumni. alumni, alumna, alumni, I never know the actual correct term. Yes,
0: call me whatever.
3: <laughs> South Carolina alumni, couple SEC East teams here. I think we need to place a wager on this year's football game. Are you sure you want to do that? I I I do. I am. Were you certain. like, were
0: you in elementary school last time you guys won that
3: game? No, no. Let's see. It was. Had you hit puberty? Five. Let's see. South Carolina, Kentucky football.
0: What was it like? Two thousand. It
3: wasn't that long ago. Mm, was
0: eleven? Was it eleven? Twelve?
3: It was nineteen. We won in twenty nineteen.
0: Was it? Yeah. Oh, you guys didn't win it while I was in college for a while.
3: No, we didn't win it while I was in college either. Yeah, 2019, we won 24-7. But Dang, I'm over here talking won.
0: trash. Fine, we can place a wager. We'll Not play, right now, we we'll
3: to place some sort of, and I think you should let your, your podcast listeners decide what it is. Okay, but we'll have to revisit
0: to this people. closer to time.
3: We will. We got plenty of time. We got, we'll revisit. We got it in six months, but I just wanted to put it on your radar. That's
0: fine. We can put it out there. Put it into the universe. All right. Thank you for your time. Go prepare for your 11 o'clock news.
3: You too. Um, go, I'm going to go do the same. At some point, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Appreciate you joining the podcast. We will have Thanks to do this again sometime.
3: Absolutely. Whenever you want. Whatever you want to talk All right. about.
0: Have a good night.
3: All right. You too, Lindsay. See ya.
0: So we want to thank Nick, of course, for his time and uh, all their collaboration throughout the year, but especially during the Masters when we can't go ourselves. We definitely couldn't have brought you our Masters coverage the way you guys are accustomed to without their help over at RDW. And uh, don't forget this week, Don't forget about our Around the Green coverage live from Harbortown. Myself, along with Tim Guidero, will be live from the Heritage on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from 730 to 8 p.m. We'll have highlights, leaderboards, sound, all of that good stuff. We'll also have coverage throughout all of our shows during the day. Uh, so make sure you're tuned in to WTOC on air and online for all things Harbortown this week. Make sure you're following along on social media. My Twitter handle is at LG on TV. My Facebook is at LGolfWTOC. Tim's is WTOC Tim Geyra. So make sure you are following along. We appreciate you guys downloading, listening, subscribing. If you want to leave us a review, we will appreciate that too. And thank you for listening to this edition, golf edition of the WTOC sports podcast. We will talk to you guys in the next episode.